it's critical that we're repeating things every eight weeks. We focus on those processes. So back, I'm sorry I'm talking too long on your question, but I start with why. And we go through six or seven of my personal beliefs that I think are really important that drives our actions. And if we'll focus on those things first, we can then go into the sales process and give you word tracks and practice how to say things. But if you don't understand the why on the front end, none of that really matters. So the big question is this, how do small business owners like us grow our leadership, develop our teams and scale our business in a way that allows us to get our products and services out to the world yet still remain profitable? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Bradley Hamner and this is the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Autopilot Recruiting. Join over 1,200 State Farm agents in putting your recruiting on Autopilot. Any successful insurance agent will tell you how important team is. Finding those rock star team members doesn't happen when left to chance. It happens through consistent recruiting. You never know when you're going to lose a team member. And the key to an incredible team is constantly searching for the best talent. Autopilot Recruiting is a continuous recruiting service where you'll be assigned a recruiter that has been trained to recruit on your behalf every business day. This recruiter will take over and revamp your career plug, send out assessments, do pre-screened phone interviews, and schedule your in-office interviews. All you need to do is to show up and give a thumbs up or a thumbs down. This ongoing service is extremely affordable and a no-brainer for taking your insurance agency to the next level. Listeners of the Club Capital Leadership Podcast, go to autopilotrecruiting.com and use the code CLUBCAPITAL to get started. Again, autopilotrecruiting.com and use the code CLUBCAPITAL to get started. Welcome to another episode of the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. My name is Bradley Hamner, your host. On today's episode, we have Mr. Randy Thompson. Randy has been an agent for nearly 20 years in Wyoming, a town of only 2,000 people, which is located in the mountains of western Wyoming, which is a little bit south of Yellowstone. He really is one of the most rural agents in the country. His success has spanned the entire 20 years whenever he began his ticket year as number one in the country. Since then, he's qualified for exotic travel 17 times, Chairman Circle 17 times, President Club 29 times, and MDRT 18 years in a row. You know, this has all been done in a small country setting where you have to drive 35 miles to hit a traffic light and 110 miles just to get to Walmart. He's traveled the country speaking to agents and team members, and you'll see why, obviously, from the success he's had, but also just the way we touch on, just the way he's able to present certain things. We touch on recruiting. We touch on compensation plans. We touch on some of the most important thing, which is training and developing our team members. I think you're going to learn so much in this conversation. Randy has been one of my most recommended or requested guests to come on the podcast. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Mr. Randy Thompson. Are you ready to get out of the daily rut and begin working at your highest level? Coach P Consulting will help you do just that. Using the same strategies he did to sell over 500 life insurance policies in 2020 and on track for over 600 life insurance policies in 2021. No, this is not your regular one and done type coaching. You'll get personalized coaching two days a week, every week of the month, and you'll get a live look at the behind the scenes team training and an office performing at the highest level. Coach P currently has a 100% retention rate for everyone who joins, 
And hey, those numbers speak for themselves. Coach P will train your team alongside his own to show you the exact steps they are taking to achieve chairman circle in two agencies, exotic travel, and multi-line presence club. So whether your goal is to be the top of your local market or amongst the best in the country, this training will give you the strategies and tactics to get you there. For just $250 a month, you'll get high-level coaching each week from someone who is already getting it done at that level. His strategies work, and it's time to put them to work for you. Sign up at coachpconsulting.com and get 50% off your first month of coaching when you mention the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. Again, that's coachpconsulting.com. Randy Thompson, welcome to the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here. Glad to have you. You, as I was mentioning earlier, have been one of our most requested guests to have on. So excited to have you. So we always start with background and an origin story. So for people that don't know you, tell them a little bit about your story, how you got to where you are today. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. So my former life before I became a state farm agent was a teacher and a coach and I spent a decade teaching and coaching in a wrestling room and uh, grateful for that experience and what it taught me about the, I guess, ingredients that it takes to succeed. And it obviously starts with things like grit and work and systems and processes and a commitment. Obviously, we push our athletes to do. And, and I brought that same kind of mindset into my office here, recognizing that you have to practice hard so the game will be easy. And if you're not working and training and developing your team, you're going to get into trouble in the long run. In fact, I say all the time to a lot of uh, those I talk to, consider the cost of an untrained team versus the cost to train your team. Which would you rather have? And I'm going to tell you, it's exponentially more expensive for us to have untrained team members. So it's critical that all agents get serious about training them themselves, but also going to training. As a wrestling coach, we're sending the boys every year in the summertime to wrestling camps to listen to other coaches hone their craft so they can come back and execute during the season. And we'd be silly to think as agents that we've got it all figured out. And so every agent ought to be looking for experts in the industry and outside the industry that can help them deliver more content to the team so they can get better. Anyways, that's a long answer to where I'm coming from before I got here. No, we're going to dig into so many of those. I'm going to ask you about recruiting and your people and just some things around that. But I have to start with this. I think it's probably the most important topic we're going to discuss. And you just mentioned it, which is training and developing our people. So why do you think people, business owners, do not take the time to truly and intentionally put together a training and development plan for their teams? Well, there's probably a couple of reasons. One, there's some insecurity there. They don't have a curriculum. And so they lean on something like ABS, right? Let's go study some links. And there's some nice information about products, but State Farm doesn't do a very good job at processes, right? They're a manufacturing company that manufactures insurance products for protection. But we as agents have got to figure out the sales process. And the best ones to do it are the ones that are delivering at a high level consistently. And so I think agents are maybe a little insecure about, I don't know what to say, or I'm afraid of being redundant, repetitive. The fact of the matter is, as a wrestling coach, we might train the same setup or single leg takedown or arm bar or whatever it is we're doing thousands of times over the course of a season. So they can execute it a couple of times during a match. And so don't be afraid of repetition. It's actually one of the best things that happens is constant repetition. 
So that's one thing. Maybe not knowing where to go is another. And the third is they just get busy. They get caught in the whirlwind of the office and the complexity comes with it that it's just like, uh, I hope they'll figure it out. I heard it said a couple of years ago, it's really resonated with me, is that one of your titles, in addition to being CEO, is to be CRO, Chief Reminding Officer. <laughs> That's I guess, uh, yeah. Okay. So I'm listening to this. I have heard and I recognize that I do not have a clear defined system and processes for training and developing my team, whether they're a brand new team member or someone who's been with me for a while. And so I need to start. And so it's like, you know, when I was in college, I would always put off the last minute to write my paper until the night before. And I would stare at that word document and it was just blinking, right? It was a blinking and I had to write the first word. And if I could get through the first paragraph, I could really get going. And I feel like that that's kind of the way it is a lot of times in our, with putting together our systems and plans, development plans. Where do we get started just to get something going? So the first thing that I really feel strongly about is that you don't need to know the what or the how until you know the why. Because if your team understands why you do what you do, then they'll do what you do. And so really, I have eight processes in my office that I focus on. And we do training every single day from eight to nine. We meet, we have a training meeting for an hour every single day. And what I do is every single day for a week, I focus on one process. And so it's repeated for five days in a row. And then the next week we go to the second process. And then the next week, the third process. And eight weeks later, we come back to the process we started with. And what's interesting is we get rusty. In fact, I wrote a book called Paychecks Never Lie. And in it, I talk about the training process and the concept behind it. We had an experience a number of years ago where we had a state champion. He wanted his junior year, upset the number one kid in the state. We were really excited. We didn't expect him to win, but he did. He came back his senior year, now is the captain of the team, and is the number one ranked kid in the state as a senior. We goes into the December Christmas break with a big Idaho, Utah, Oregon, Wyoming tournament with elite wrestlers. And he's the number one seeded kid in the tournament for his weight class. Well, what happens is the week before this tournament, he hyperextended his elbow in practice. It swelled up. And so we took him off of all live contact and we just had him running and keeping his conditioning up, but no contact with the wrestlers so that that could heal up for the big tournament. Well, he goes in, Dane goes into the tournament and his very first match is against a freshman kid that was like, six and 15 on the year and wasn't very good. And we thought, okay, Dane will have him pinned in the first period, but he walked out there and he looked rusty. In fact, I couldn't believe it. He looked like a freshman and this freshman kid catches Dane in a headlock, throws him and pins him and Dane's out of the tournament. He's on the loser side of the bracket and we're astonished. And I remember Monday as he came into practice, I grabbed him and like, Dane, what happened to you on the weekend? You didn't look like yourself. And he says, I just felt rusty. Like I just couldn't get into a rhythm. It was really weird. But coach, I'm not going to let that happen again. And you know what? They never lost another match his senior year. He won a second state championship. He went on to wrestle in college. And it was a real testament to me that if we're not doing that on a daily basis and repeating over and over again things, our team gets rusty. And so it's critical that we're repeating things every eight weeks. We focus on those processes. So back, 
and sorry I'm talking too long on your question, but I start mm-hmm. with why. And we go through six or seven of my personal beliefs that I think are really important that drives our actions. And if we'll focus on those things first, we can then go into the sales process and give you word tracks and practice how to say things. But if you don't understand the why on the front end, none of that really matters. So I'm not a wrestler, but I'm a golfer. And I can so speak to that because, I mean, golf is so, and I know wrestling's got to be that way too, that you can get rusty. I mean, I actually, ironically, I had the best round I've played in probably three years last Friday. Well, just because of that, it's on a Tuesday when I'm recording this, I go back out and play today or tomorrow. That doesn't mean anything. I haven't practiced, hadn't hit a ball, hadn't done anything. It doesn't mean that I'm going to roll out there. That's why those guys practice all the time. I think that's such good. And then I do want to say something that really resonated with me there is that I think it was nuanced. I've never heard someone actually say, you know what? We take one week, five days, and we talk about the same thing five days in a row versus Monday something, Tuesday something, Wednesday something, kind of switching it. So I love the fact that you do that. And then there's a motion to it. So even for somebody listening to this can have that structure of, hey, we're going to choose eight key processes that we have and then go through those every eight weeks. Even that is incredibly helpful for us. Yeah. So the idea is, is memorization. It gets in the marrow of our bones because it's constantly repeated. And then muscle memory just takes over. Right. As a golfer, as a wrestler and as a sales agent, we don't have to read a script when we're talking to a client. It just comes right off our lips and it sounds very natural. And suddenly the team has confidence. They're pivoting. You're not having to crack the whip. Come on, guys. It just happens because they're comfortable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do you feel like that oftentimes so many of the agents are just have, I guess, the gift of gap. Like they can talk to people. They're really good in business development. They're really good in sales, really good in being able to talk to clients themselves. But sometimes it's a unconscious competence, unconscious competence. So maybe they were a team member previously and they were just really successful themselves because they're hard driving. They learn fast and they're willing to make mistakes. But that sometimes can get in the way of us being able to architect the things that we need to actually have done in the business, such as our systems and processes. Totally. Absolutely. And unfortunately, sometimes we talk too much, right? We need to learn to simplify things and get straight to the point a little quicker. I don't know if you guys know Steve Wilmer or listen to his stuff with the Risk Advisor Institute, but he talks all the time about this acronym WAIT, W-A-I-T. Why am I talking, right? We should be asking questions and listening. So God gave you two ears and one mouth. That's a pretty good indication of we ought to listen twice as much as we talk. No doubt. Yeah. Love Steve and the team over there. They do a great job. He came on one of our early podcast guests. I just love those people. All right. So I have to ask you, obviously, what are some of the biggest things that you've seen as misconceptions around life insurance? I mean, my goodness, you have racked up some incredible awards, industry awards. What are the biggest misconceptions that you have found around writing a significant volume of life insurance premium and policies, but in particular premium, what are some of the biggest misconceptions that you've seen? So from a team member and agent point of view, they don't understand what the product does. And so they focus on price. When we talk about life insurance, too many people are thinking about death benefit and Unfortunately, State Farm has done this where they hit life needs analysis. And not just State Farm, it's all companies. They talk all the time about life needs analysis, L-I-F-E. We got to figure out what the need is. 
well, listen, cowboy, I do what I want more than what I need. Like, I know I should exercise and eat right, but you know what? I love sitting down on a Saturday afternoon and watching a college football game and eating a bowl of ice cream. One's not as good for me as the other, but I want to watch the ball game. And that usually ends up dictating what I do more than what I need. Now, with that said, because we think about price so much, we don't recognize the value of what these permanent policies can do in helping people build wealth. And my very first year, I'll be honest, I didn't know what I was doing as a teacher. I was just working my butt off, throwing money at the wall, hoping things would stick. I knew from my wrestling background and teaching that if I worked really hard, I'd figure it out. And I got really lucky. I think I accidentally qualified for MDRT. I didn't even know what it was back in 2003, but I went to MDRT because I'd qualified and I didn't know anybody there and I didn't know any State Farm agents that were there. And so I wandered around and just started meeting people. And I ended up in the elevator with Guy Baker. Now, most people don't know Guy Baker unless they've been a big life insurance student, but he was president of MDRT. He writes probably about 50 to $60 million in life and premium every single year as an agent, which is astonishing as an insurance agent. And I talked to him in the elevator for probably three minutes. And I'm just like, hey, I'm new. And any suggestions for a new young agent? And he said, yeah. He said, if you want to be average at life insurance, focus on life needs analysis. If you want to be great at life insurance, focus on the customer's wants. And Mm -hmm. I was like, whoa, huge. And so that conversation was the beginning of an evolution of us mastering and creating the stairs and buckets conversation that really illustrates why you want life insurance, not just why you need it. Mm-hmm. People see that all of a sudden they have this emotion of, oh, now I can see what's in it for me. I'm not just protecting other people. I'm taking care of my own wealth and there's money here for me in the future. And so when we focus on wants, suddenly the premiums start to come in. What a profound mindset shift, right? Because, I mean, you would think that ultimately, OK, let me just push the death benefit as high as I can. And so if I can push the death benefit from 500000 to $5 million, as an example, I'm just yeah. going to sell more premium. Well, obviously, if target a term, I mean, technically is going to do that. But that's focusing on the need versus what they actually want. That's so true. Okay. So we don't have time to get into the entire concept of stairs and buckets on this podcast, but, and we'll point people where they need to go to, to be able to learn more about that from you. But what is the general concept of stairs and buckets? Just kind of give us the framework of it. So we use this concept stairs and buckets because a picture speaks a thousand words. Okay. I want you to imagine you're an athlete and your coach is making you run in stairs for conditioning. Okay. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take very long for your legs to be burning and your lungs be burning as you recognize you're running those steep stairs up and down, up and down. Well, a term policy is like running stairs. Okay. Every few years, that policy is going to renew at a higher rate. I'll give you an example, my own policy. So I do have a term policy. Term policies aren't bad policies. They're great what I call starter policies are perfect short-term policies. But if you want life insurance to last until you die and you think you're going to grow old and gray, I'm not doing you any favors by selling you just a short-term policy because I'm 52. My term policy is going to renew in three more years. And when it does, it's going to jump from 98 bucks a month to $3,600 a month. 
Now, there's not a lot of customers out there that can afford that significant of an increase. They're going from $1,200 a year to $36,000 a year. And when you help people see that and you say, is that what you want your policy to do? They're like, no. And so the stairs and bucket conversation helps them say, show the stair policies or terms or great starter policies, but you've got to convert over to a bucket policy. Well, what's a bucket? It's a place you can store cash. We're going to put money in a savings plan for you that has life insurance coming along for the ride. And in 20 years, you're going to have 40, 50, 60 grand in this bucket, as well as the death benefit. If you need to or want to use some of that money, you can. If not, we're going to use compound interest as your friend to grow your wealth. As soon as the customer gets to see that's an investment or a savings plan, suddenly their mind shift changes from a cost to a deposit. We often will say, so, Brad, do you have a savings account at the local bank? Yes. How much, how much are you putting in your savings account every single month? hundred bucks. Well, why don't we kill two birds with one stone? Let's see what a hundred bucks in. A bucket account will do for you. And boom, then we just showed them the illustration. We showed what 100 bucks will do over 20 years and say, look at this. In 20 years, your rate still hasn't changed. It's now level for life and you got $18,000 worth of cash. What do you think, Brad? Want to give it a try? And yeah. it's magic. It really is magic. People see that now I'm not wasting my money. I am saving for my future and I'm providing life insurance for the unexpected and it's just a smarter way to save. Really good example. So go back to our original conversation whenever we were talking about training and development, right? So you're taking that conversation as an example, walking through that role playing that five days in a row with your team members, then repeating that every eight weeks, correct? Exactly. That's one of our key, key processes is stairs and buckets. Have you ever thought, wouldn't it be incredible if you had direct access to our expert podcast guest in real time and be able to ask a question specific to your business? Well, now you have the opportunity to do that. After three and a half years, we're finally launching a leadership podcast community, and we want you to be a part of it. We're launching this podcast community on June the 1st. Go to club.capital forward slash podcast, and you'll get all the details. You'll be able to interact with every single one of the podcasts that we record in real time and ask us questions and be able to ask the guest questions. Are you an agency owner looking to grow your revenue and increase your bottom line? Club Capital is here to help. Built for agents by agents, so we know your struggles. With accounting, payroll, and HR solutions, tax services, analytics, and more, Let's get you on the path to serious success. Using data-driven insights, you'll grow your business based on revenue and expense comparisons alongside your top performing peers. With over $100 million in tracked annual revenue and $70 million in tracked annual expenses, we have the data to help you make better informed decisions for your agency. Let's make your back office less of a hassle and more of the strategic generator that powers the growth to take your agency and your leadership to the next level. Visit club.capital today to book your complimentary, no obligation demo. Club Capital, way more than a CPA firm. So we talked about it from perspective of premium, okay? So yeah. obviously application count is certainly an important thing for people. They want to be able to get from whatever, five policies a month to 10, as an example, or from 10 to 20, whatever that is. And so there's a lot of corporate level incentives out there to get you to do that. And so there's the traditional ways to do it. What is your approach to doing that 
But what's your recommendation for those people that say, hey, we really need to get the volume of our applications up? So I've taught my team that we need to do our job every single day, not just in the months there's a promotion, right? We don't do the job just to get a trip. We don't do the job just to get a plaque or pin. We do our job because that's what the customer expects. It's what we expect. Okay. And we're just going to do our best efforts. So on every auto transaction and on every fire transaction, we always talk about life insurance. It's just part of that. Hey, Brad, I've got your auto taken care of here, but why I've got you here, I see we don't have any life insurance. Is that something that was intentional on your part or is that a mistake on ours? All that is, is an invitation question that opens the door. It doesn't matter what you say next because boom, we're going to go right in life insurance. And there's a few more key questions, right, that we lead into after that. But the key is we ask every single day. I mean, when was the last time you went through McDonald's drive through and they said, do you want fries with that? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And if we'll get that mindset, well, our job is just to ask every single time. The customer gets to say what they want, but our job is to ask every single time. If you're not asking every single time, you're not doing your job. You're not protecting our people properly. And if a person pushes back to say, you know what? It's my job. Randy asks us to ask everybody because death is so final. We have to get your life insurance right every single time. I see we don't have any here. That's another phrase that we've memorized because death is so final. We have to get your life insurance right every single time. I see we don't have any here with you. Tell me what do you have in place? The other one we use often, right off every lien and mortgage, we'll always say, hey, Brad, did the bank give you any life insurance to cover this loan? Something happens, you come home tonight. Well, banks don't do that. You're going to say no. We'll just say, well, no debt should last longer than the person that created it, right? What kind of a person leaves their debt for somebody else to pay for? You're not that kind of guy, are you? And then the customer's always like, no, no. Well, let me just show you what a little bit of coverage would do. And we just sell initial little popcorn policies. That's what I call a popcorn, little 10-year term policies to cover the debt need or to open the door for us to now have a stairs and buckets conversation that then drives premium. And it's not hard if you do it every single day. But if you only do it in fast start in September's Life Insurance Awareness Month or whenever your sales leader's throwing, you know, a new T-shirt at you, you're not going to be very good. You just got to do it all the time. Get the mindset that it's part of your job. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mindset. Does that help? Oh, super helpful. I think people are going to be rewinding the podcast to listen to some of those things and capture that. I think it's great. I want to transition. I think it's a really good segue into recruiting, recruiting okay. some of the quality team members that you get. How long does it take you whenever you bring a new team member on, no insurance specific experience? Mm-hmm. How does it take you? to get them up to speed or what you would consider up to speed? Well, we're going to hold their hands and watch everything they do for the first 90 days. So three months from 90 days to one year, we kind of take the leash off, but we check all their work and make sure it's good. But I tell people all the time when I'm interviewing and hiring that, Hey, it's going to take you a year before you feel like you can do things without us looking over Mm -hmm. your shoulder every single time. So be honest, and lots of repetition and a sharp learning curve. But I would say it's a year before you have confidence that they can do their job without you having to check on them all the time. But about 90 days is, I think, what it takes to get them familiar enough that they can start having good conversations and seeing some results. So I want to ask you around your mindset or philosophy regarding recruiting. I mean, we could get tactical and you say, okay, well, here's my six-step recruiting process. And if you have that, that's fine. But I'm more interested in how you think about recruiting really good people and write your philosophy around how you go about doing that. Fair enough. So 
we do business with the people we like and trust. And we want to work with people we like and trust. So mm. I'm going to talk about two things. First of all, I'll talk about the attributes I'm looking for in my first round draft picks. And I tell mm. my team all the time, you're my first round draft pick. I pick you. Now you show me that you were worth it. Cause there are a lot of people out there that wanted this job. First yeah. of all, we shouldn't have the mindset that what's the minimum amount I can pay to get the maximum out of somebody. Yes. Don't do sure. that. Make sure you pay them well. Okay. And then expect excellence. And so you tell them, you tell them, listen, you're a first round draft pick. And these are the reasons why there are three attributes that you bring to work that I can't train. And if you've got them, you're going to be excellent. And if you don't have them, you can't have a job. Mm-hmm. Number one, you got to be honest. We don't cut corners. We don't lie, cheat or steal. We're going to do the right thing. There's never a right time to do the wrong thing. And there's never a wrong time to do the right thing. And so I ask in my interviews questions about honesty. When was the last time you got caught cheating? What happened when you were caught with a candy bar in your pocket when you were five years old in the grocery store and mom caught you? Like, what? tell me about that. We just try to elicit response to get a feel for what that moral code's like for them. Because I'll tell you what, if they're not honest, they're going to be selfish and it's going to get themselves and you in trouble. Okay. But honest people are honest and they appreciate transparency. And so that's a key attribute you can't train. Number two, they got to have a kind heart. A person that's willing to take care of people, whether they're a friend, family member, or a stranger, is a person that will always go the extra mile. And people that have kind hearts, they don't bring drama into the workplace. Okay. They're willing to kind of cover for each other. And it's a great, great attribute to look for in creating a culture of a team and a family. And so, again, I ask questions about that. And then the third is somebody that is a hard worker. Everybody thinks they're a hard worker, but being a country boy and a wrestler, I know there's a difference between hard work and thinking you're a hard worker. And I want to know if you had a paper route when you were eight years old and were you mowing lawns and doing things when you were four, what kind of chores did mom and dad give you when you were a little kid? And I want to know what kind of work ethic you were raised with. That tells me a lot about whether I can go out there and expect you to do your job without me having to micromanage you. So those are the three things I look for. Now, I always start with my team and I'll say, hey, team, we're looking to hire. I want you to keep your eyes out there for people you like that are first round draft picks. They got to be like you. You got to enjoy working with them and they got to have those three key attributes. And so my team is always looking. Okay. Mm. Secondly, we look within our customer base. I always want to look at the people that are doing business with us. They've already made the choice to come work with this company. So they must have some kind of faith and trust in it. That says a lot versus the person that's down the street of your competitor. So those are the two things. And then number three, after we look at our customers, we go to our customers. I might say, hey, Bradley, you're exactly the kind of guy I'd love to work for you or to have come work for me, excuse me. And if the customer is not interested or they've got a great job, I'll say, well, keep your eyes open because if there's somebody out there that you know that's like you, tell them to come see me. And so I use my customers. I use my team to look for i don't ever put a help wanted ad i don't have success using indeed or career plug or all the agents that are using those that's really nice but i feel like i don't get excellent first round draft picks doing that but i do get first round draft picks by doing it the way i approach it hope that helps no it's super helpful i mean even just the idea of the first round draft pick right and pay them well 
and then expect excellence. Pay well and expect excellence. I mean, 10 years ago or so, you could get away, especially that's so applicable with where we are right now across the country and the wage pressures that we're seeing. 10 years ago, you could get away with really, really low base salaries, have a big compensation plan, or at least the illusion of a big compensation plan to be able to produce. You can't do that anymore. I mean, you know, McDonald's is paying $14, $15 an hour and paying for your education in a lot of cases. So you got to be able to pay well and expect excellence. I love that. What are your thoughts around the compensation? Because we just talked about that. So, and I'm not even referring to tell me exactly your compensation plan, because again, I think it's more, what is your thought process around how you think about compensation plans as incentives for your team? So for my sales producers, I want them to have my mindset. The only way I can have my mindset if they know my why, mm-hmm. right? And they get compensated like I do. So you're looking at the very first agent in the company to sign the AO5 contract. Oh, wow. I understand that contract. Everybody says, don't you feel bad that you didn't get on the old one? I'm like, I don't know, because I've done really well and I made a lot of money on this one. So you know what? The grass, maybe it's green on the other side, but I don't believe it. Grass is greener where you water it. So with that said, I have modeled my compensation program right after my contract. So all of my salespeople get a base salary and 100% of first-year commissions on everything that they produce, okay, right off of my contract. And we use PayIgniter, and you can use Racing Snail or Today at Pro. It doesn't matter. There's lots of tracking programs out there. But it mirrors my contract. So when Bradley, you're working for me, okay, and it's the end of the month and you got four days left and we want you to bonus, you're not worried about what the boss is saying. You're coming in saying, hey, boss, this is where I'm at. And I need three more lives. Have you got some suggestions for me? And they're coming to me as a coach, not as a boss. They want my help because I tell them all the time, I don't even get paid till the second year. I don't get paid to renewal. So I need you to write business. So I'm invested in your success. You get 100% everything you write. I'm not skimming anything off the top. I'm not taking 10% or 20%. I'm giving it to all of you. So that's my attitude. If I get them earning what I earn and thinking like I think, then we're going to all act in unison as a team to achieve these goals. So somebody would push back on that and say, okay, that's great. You've got the cash flow to do it. I'm a newer agent. I hear that. It's a short-term cash flow issue. So if I give it all up front to someone, then I'm not reducing and I'm paying this base salary. And let's say it's a well-paid base salary, which depending on where you are in the country, that could be 30000 It could be 45000 I don't know, 50000 doesn't matter. Point is, paying them all, I'm not even covering um, base salary. So now I'm twelve to 24 months before I'm getting an ROI. So help me if I'm a new agent, listen to this, I don't have the cash flow. How can I reconcile that? Well, you can sell in your office too. And so in the first five years I was an agent, I lived off of my production, not Mm. my team's production. The team's production was to pay for them and keep the lights on. My Mm. production was for the money I took home to pay my bills. So if you're not very good at selling, you're going to struggle. But you ought to be the best salesperson in the office because it's difficult to get your team to elevate. And you can't lift somebody higher than you're standing. So you become the expert. You get really good at it. Show them the way by leading from the front. And they're going to go, wow, look at 
everything Bradley's doing. This is amazing. And they're going to want to know and follow your lead. So that's what I would say to a young agent. Listen, your expenses are smaller because you're a smaller agency, but you still have the ability in the same 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year to make what I make. Okay. By producing. And that's what I would say to them. Give it a try. Now, you can't overpay when you don't have a lot of money. In fact, I don't think it makes sense to overpay. A person should earn what they earn. Don't overpay them for jobs that they haven't done. And I see that a lot with agents that they think if I pay them more, they'll make more. I don't believe that's true. Make that a healthy, fair balance. I had a team member a number of years ago come into my office. They wanted to raise. And I just said to him, I said, hey, I get where you're coming from, but help me understand why I would pay you more than I'm making because I'm already paying you 100% of my income why would you be worth more than i am at least we're on a level playing field and they looked at me and they're like fair enough i go you want to make more then go sell more all right last question and we're going to go into enon rapid fire i want you to pull out a crystal ball goodness i guess you're going on 20 years right almost 20 years next year um so you've seen a lot of changes changes seem to be happening at a faster pace in all industries and insurance is certainly not immune to that. Where do you see and take any period of time, five to 10 years. How do you see the insurance experience from an agency owner perspective changing? What are the opportunities that you see out there? Well, I think there's a real divergence that's happening in the industry. Okay. Many companies are trying to go all technology and all online and all remote and they're losing the customer touch. They're losing a relationship piece. And I'm going to say 10 years from now, there's going to be people that are hungry for that personal touch, that person that touches them, that reaches out, actually picks up the phone instead of text, that invites them to come in and sit down instead of doing it by email. Now, I believe that we can try to focus on the shallow water, the red water, where the sharks are swimming, and where everybody's feasting, where all the competition is, Or we can go out in the blue water where there's less boats, less fish, less sharks, and less blood in the water. And you're now in the blue water. And so I think in 10 years from now, there's going to be the agency model that will work excellent for the people that are willing to do the customer touch pieces. And then there will be the technology remote. I don't want to touch you. I don't want to talk to you. Here's your quick transaction. So it's going to be quick. And cheap or hands-on and value. Those are going to be very clear and distinct, different models. They're both going to be vibrant. I think State Farm agents that do it that way will do really well. If they focus on price, they're going to get swallowed up by the competition because we can't touch competition in that in the shallow waters. Great book he's referencing, Blue Ocean Strategy. is a fantastic book. If you've not read that book, that's a really good one. Yeah. Awesome. All right. You ready for E9 rapid fire questions, Randy? Absolutely. Let's do it. Last book you read. Oh, last book I read was Ash Effect's book, Complacency Kills. Excellent. Oh, I just, yeah, he's awesome. I got it right here. I just interviewed him. And I think his podcast actually drops in the next couple of weeks. So yeah. Yeah. I actually created a training binder to review some of that stuff with my team. Al does an excellent job, heck of an agent. He's a really good guy. All right, book you would recommend the most to other insurance agency owners? 
Slight Edge by Jeff Olson is an excellent book, especially for the young agent. Yeah, that is a really good one. Favorite tech tool or app that you use every day? Okay, I'm going to give you one you guys might not have heard of. App, uh, unenroll me. Unenroll me, keep my email managed very easily. It's so easy to use. Unenroll me, guys, check it out. Keep your inbox, your personal inbox from being filled with crap and it just makes it really slick, so. Ah, see, I love that. I love little tips like that. I think that's great. All right, you've traveled the world. Your favorite place you've ever visited? Star Valley, Wyoming, the place I call home. I've traveled the world and there's no place better than right where I am. Who would you love to sit next to on a 10 hour flight and why? Well, outside of my family, because I just enjoy being time with them, I would probably pick retired State Farm agent, Scott Foster. He transformed my business because I actually had that experience as a second year agent coming back from an exotic trip. And we happened to be in seats next to each other flying back from Italy. And he spent the lion's share of that flight visiting with me about some really good ideas that helped me open my mind and do some great things. If I could do it again, it'd probably be Scott. He had such a significant influence on my career at a young age. Such a giving person, a giving oh. person has helped benefit so, so, so many people, customers and other insurance agents. Yeah, that's a good one. But hey, kudos to you for implementing because a lot of people have heard and you went and did, right? If you want to be, do, and you did. So you have a lot of credit there. All right, what did you learn the most about yourself during the pandemic? I can do hard things. Mm, I like that. Yeah, we can do hard things. My capacity increased and so did everybody around us. We were fine. The biggest year of our entire career last year mm. in the COVID where we were shut down for six months. We had to yeah. do everything by phone and from home remotely. And it was still great. Don't let our limitations stop us from what we want to accomplish. Mm, love that. What do you love to do when you're not working? What's your favorite hobby? I spend a lot of time in a wrestling room in the wintertime. So we're either wrestling in the winter or we're on horseback in the summer and fall. Spend a lot of time in the mountains on horseback. What's your most unusual talent? <laughs> I'm not very talented. I, you know what? I don't know. I really don't know. Unusual talent. I'm left-handed. So I catch everybody off guard when we're wrestling. I can arm wrestle about anybody left-handed. Right-handed, they'll whoop me, but left-handed, they won't. All right, it is the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. After all, what's the best piece of leadership advice you've ever received? It's lean on others, trust others. It's simple, but it's true. No, that's true. Yes, some of the most profound things are the most simple. So I love that. Randy, somebody wants to pick up your book. Where should they go? They want to learn more about you, or maybe they just want to connect with you. Where would you point people to? So Paychecks Never Lie, Amazon. You can get that book, stairsandbuckets.com or they can pick up the phone and give me a call. Awesome. Randy, thanks so much for your contribution to our audience and for just helping so many others throughout the country. You're uh, very giving of your time. So thank you. Uh, you're welcome. My pleasure. Thank you, Brad. I tell you what, I just enjoyed getting to connect with Randy and get to know him. And what an incredible resume that he has put together. But you can see why, can't you? I mean, the intentionality around using his teaching and coaching background and how he's applied the lessons learned, the metaphors and analogies, lessons learned from wrestling and pulled that into everything that he does 
in his business. And it's no accident where he has gotten to where he is today. So if you want to grow and develop your team, obviously taking so many notes from the conversation I had with Randy, obviously we talked about a few things. Where are some of the reasons why people know intuitively how I need to train and develop my team? And he said, number one, people may have insecurities. They don't know exactly what to say themselves. Number two, they just don't know where to go. And then number three, hey, we get busy and we're in the whirlwind. And so I really loved how he then said, hey, look, you've got to understand the why first. It can be the what later, but you first have to understand the why. And they're so intentional with the way that they train and develop every single day. And then obviously we led that conversation after that to talk about life insurance and some of the ways that he positions that. I think obviously he comes at it from a different approach and just his mindset and philosophy around life insurance. And then our conversation around recruiting just who do you like and trust and the way that they go about in finding really good people starts with his team, then goes to his customers. And because he's doing that, people want to work there. You know, I was watching the documentary of the last dance with Michael Jordan. And in the very first episode, Coach Jackson, Phil Jackson said, we created something that people wanted to be a part of. And that's exactly what Randy has done. People want to be a part of his organization and his team, not for the compensation itself, but just because of the culture of training development. And so, man, so many good nuggets that we picked up from our conversation. All right, everyone. Great having you on. As always, thanks again to Randy Thompson for his time and for all that he does to contribute to the lives of other small business insurance agent centers around the country. Hope to have him on again in the future. Until next week, everyone, lead well. Mm-hmm.